0: We'll mm-hmm.
1: they are the officially unofficial podcast for mad men on amc i'm jim i'm aaron and this week we're covering season six episode seven entitled man with the plan
0: who do you think the man with the plan was this week uh well there's lots of men with plans <laughs> okay don most Seems like no- don had a
1: definite plan most
0: notably yeah uh-huh. it went awry yeah
1: that not all part of the plan
0: no No Or maybe it
1: was And then Oh well there will be some discussion about that We have some feedback about that
0: Oh okay I can't step on the listeners toes No no Leave it for My them My feet are so big and heavy <laughs> They
1: get very upset
0: They do Yeah They're Roth
1: Uh so this episode is directed by None other than John Slattery <gasps> Roger Sterling that. himself mm-hmm. Uh
0: he directed the hell out of this episode.
1: Would you call this one of pe- one of the pieces of Sterling's Gold?
0: <laughs> this episode? It's definitely... What'd you in. think of it? It's a nugget. Uh, you know, it's a weird episode. I feel like I needed another two or three days to digest it. I've seen mm. it three times. Um, there's a lot going on. I don't know how entertaining it was. It was very disorientate, uh, disorienting. Uh, all the... Comings and goings of the new ad agency and all the merger-related bullshit. Mm-hmm. A lot of repetition, deliberately of themes um, and imagery. I feel like I, I could have gotten a lot more out of it. Um, weirdly, I thought a lot of the reviews around the net were kind of iffy. Like I, I felt like they didn't know what to think about it either. Yeah. So uh, I probably give this a seven.
1: Oh God. I need to start asking myself what I think about it first, so that you sound like the copycat. I'm giving it a seven two. I wasn't as entertained as last
0: week. Um, well, last week was one of the very best Mad Men episodes <laughs> ever. So, I know. bully um, for that.
1: So can't can't give it as high of a score as that one, obviously. Uh, and there were some there was some pretty entertaining stuff in here, no doubt. Oh sure. I mean Roger Sterling is gold every time he's on the screen
0: yes he is When he's directing himself it's like <laughs> right refined gold
1: i feel like he just wanted himself to have a great scene yeah so he's just like yeah we're gonna put this in there too <laughs> yeah where <laughs> i eviscerate bird <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, okay uh, let's get right into the uh recap shall we Mhm. okay there's an argument between arnold and sylvia as don kind of listens in on the elevator as he's heading out for work he sees a Arnold's suitcase there, uh, or sorry, his briefcase, or is it a suitcase? Because he's getting ready to go to Minnesota, isn't he? And he no longer has a job, so he probably doesn't have a briefcase.
0: It's a it's a leather traveling accessory. Yeah, I well, can say, say that suitcases. much for sure.
1: Okay. Uh, we'll find apparently,
0: out that Sylvia's a screamer.
1: Yeah, yeah, she <laughs> yelled a lot in this. Mm-hmm. I, so it's curious did you hear Arnold's side of the conversation at all? Hell no. And
0: why not? I don't think we're supposed to. I don't think the show... What does that say? I think the show doesn't care about Arnold's side of the equation. I also
1: think that... Or does Don not care about Arnold's side of the equation?
0: Well, so... Arnold, I feel like he's the reasonable one to try to be like, Sylvia, why are you being such a fucking bitch? Okay. You know, you're fucking Don. I'm trying to save lives. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, they didn't let me transplant the heart I wanted Don't, uh-huh. and I'm going to Minnesota that's bad So enough. I can be around nice people And away from your bitchy self oh, okay. And she's just blah, blah, blah. So I I I think That one of the things the show Is trying to do in this is to kind of Make it seem like Sylvia's the one that's starting shit Okay I And mean, obviously she has some, some complaints uh, That he's not taking care of her He's yep. not paying attention to her Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Uh, I don't know what the validity of those. I mean, as a successful surgeon, I'm sure. Well, we've already seen how absent he is. You know, when he goes out on dates with Don and, and Megan, so he's always called off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I feel like that that's probably a legitimate gripe to have. Mm-hmm. Something that you could be disappointed in.
1: Okay. So it's it's a legitimate argument from both sides, I guess. Right. Well. Makes sense. Uh, then we go over to the office, uh, the SCDP office, which, d- did they actually give the name of the new company yet?
0: No, I did not detect it.
1: Okay, neither did I, so I just wanted to make sure. Uh, Peggy and Ted are there. They're showing up for their first day in the office, uh, and they go over and meet Stan and Ginsberg. And a couple of lines from Ginsburg uh, about Ted being taller. Or not impressed. Taller. Yeah, not impressed. But uh, Stan G- takes a liking to him when he... He has a quick comeback. It's that. hard
0: to impress a star child. <laughs> They've seen so much.
1: Well, uh, yeah. So is Ginsburg a star child as well?
0: I thought he's he says he's from Mars, right?
1: Oh, an actual star child. See, the guy who plays Stan was actually like a teen heartthrob guy, which is <laughs> oh, what I thought I'm you talking meant.
0: about. Like webbed fingers, extra vertebrae, <laughs> abnormally <laughs> high body temperature. Star child. Okay,
1: gotcha. <laughs>
0: parent's name was zanzibar
1: <laughs> um and there's a comment at the end of that scene where apparently margie thinks she's fired right or somebody's fired because she's like nice knowing you guys
0: well i think first of all i think that's kind of a kind of inside joke with the show where we don't even know this poor woman's name until this scene uh-huh. and we're merging to companies full <laughs> of copywriters yeah nah yeah. she's she's gone
1: Okay. Well, she's not gone yet because we see her later in the episode.
0: Gone. Okay. She's donezo.
1: <laughs> Fine. Fair enough. Moving on. Jonah signs the offices for the new employees. Um, kind of tells everybody where they're going on their first day. And on her way to Peggy's new office, she has a pain in her side. And uh, mm. her and her and Petty, her Petty, her and Peggy kind of hit it off again.
0: So this is one of the first of many replays in this episode yeah um joan escorting peggy to her new office uh, harkens back to season one where uh, peggy got promoted to working on copy and at the time she was pregnant didn't know and she was stricken by sudden 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 uterine pains i was worried for joan this whole episode i thought Mm -hmm. is it possible she got pregnant by that one night stand no oh. or is she like uh is there like a is this gonna be ovarian cancer? I mean, I don't want this to happen to Joan, none of that,
1: yeah, uh yeah, I was worried for it too. um I like Bob Benson thought, oh, maybe it's her appendix, but mm. yeah, apparently wrong, wrong side side um speaking of Bob Benson, Bob Benson man he's he's working his coffee magic on Teddy already. Oh, yeah. Did you see Ted's got the coffee cup and Bob Benson's back there smiling with one?
0: He's going to just have to upgrade to like a coffee cart that he pushes around. (laughs) I know. He's going to need a triaxle coffee cart to haul the amount of liquid that he's going to haul. (laughs) This is a dense episode, man. I'm afraid it's going to take a while to recap. It probably will. Because we still haven't mentioned like the throwaway, the fact that she's inherited Pete's old office that's got the giant column right in the door. Yep. Um yeah. So
1: also there's the interaction between Peggy and Joan which I thought was interesting. Uh where Peggy's trying to explain the fact that she bought the apartment and Abe is like living there. Yeah. Um and it's interesting because they're kind of in similar situations like that. Joan is now a powerful partner at uh a very famous marketing company. Um and any relationship she's likely to be in, she's likely to be the
0: biggest breadwinner, yeah. for sure, right? Well, yeah, but it's weird because all the copywriters that are terrified of Peggy are hitting on Joan as if she's just the head secretary. Yeah, that's weird. And also, Moria, who is kind of like, I guess, the her counterpart at CGC, except for she's not a partner, is kind of jockeying for her with power as if they are peers. Yeah. Which is another kind of hysterical thing. And finally, uh, Joan's like, you know what? Fuck y'all. Here's the clipboard. You deal with this shit. I got partner shit to deal. <laughs> yeah. I got next level shit to be in. Good for you, Joan. That's right. Don't take that shit.
1: Uh, Don comes into the office and he sees that Dawn is missing. Mm-hmm.
0: Where is Dawn? I t- <laughs> we will not find out the answer to that mystery. It's so weird. Her pictures are still there. Like of her family and stuff. I don't so
1: know. what the hell? Uh, maybe she just decided. Maybe I some don't like this merger. Maybe some
0: <laughs> Back to the Future thing where Dawn and Phyllis shook hands and like ripped a hole in the fabric of Mad Men time.
1: Oh, no. Yeah, Phyllis is not in this episode either.
0: This this yeah the, the is,
1: is CGC a, a little racist? Is that what I'm getting here? I think that the, Ma- the Mad Men
0: universe cannot stand to minor persons of color. On the cast, I guess not. It just folded up into itself like the Polargeist house.
1: Anyway, so Don's missing. Uh, Don is late for a meeting, and he goes in there. He takes the last seat, which when Pete shows up is uh, kind of a problem for him. Um, and he steals the seat of of what's her name? What'd you call her?
0: Who? Oh, Moria. Yeah, I think that's her name. Or is it Moira? Mo- Moira. Moira. Yeah, I think so.
1: Oi. Uh, anyway, Roger announces that they have an introduction to Fleischman's margarine later on, and they review other business, which turns into an argument between the new and the old partners. And Ted offers to fly upstate, and Pete gets a phone call. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff happening. This is a kind of a long scene here.
0: I like how Teddy offer, uh, effortlessly and all right off the bat makes Pete look like an asshole. How does he do that? By giving up his seat for oh, more, yeah. Yeah, after Pete grabs it. <laughs>
1: uh-huh um i also like how bert is using his copywriters to write his speeches that's kind of awesome (laughs) well sure why not he
0: has a bunch of writers got him on staff Goddamn! if i had a bunch of podcasters on staff i wouldn't be (laughs) sitting here talking to you (laughs) uh i'd be having my feet off my shoes off watching japanese octopus porn (laughs) on the walls of my office (laughs) what
1: you really would be bert cooper (laughs)
0: Uh, the other thing we see is that
1: all of the little dirty secrets of the companies have been disclosed. Uh, Yes. They kind of throw them in each other's faces. They sure did. I'm wondering if there's not going to be more of that because the next episode looks, uh, interesting. I don't know. From what small scraps we can salvage. Yeah. From the the next next time time on.
0: on. Yeah. But it does look. I mean, they all look like it's the end of the fucking world, but this looks like the day after tomorrow, end of the world. (laughs) So I'm with you on that. Uh, What is Don's
1: look about at the end of this scene um, when Ted is just being very nice to the the secretary, I guess she is, um, the one who's taking the minutes?
0: Yeah, what about it?
1: He, he gives Ted a weird look because Ted's being all nice and Don's just like, Oh, I think mm, it's I don't still, like that.
0: no, I think it's the Ted dropping the bomb that he's a pilot and he's going to fly him up there. And Don's already seeing oh. shit. How do I follow this? <laughs> okay. He's threatened. He's threatened by Teddy. Yeah. Um, another thing I noticed about
1: this scene Koss. Koss apparently loved that ad that Peggy did for him mm-hmm. after Abe was rocking out. Mm-hmm. Um, also, they sent Bert a case of champagne. Which to me says maybe Roger uh, shouldn't be as confident as he is about firing Burt. You know, a lot of people seem to like this guy.
0: Oh, maybe. I mean, there again, that's funny because Roger, I think Roger is threatened or mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe he just didn't want to deal with his shit because he clearly came into the office <laughs> with an axe to grind. Which made his downfall even more delicious, in my opinion. Yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the phone call to Pete Kits. Um, he rushes out of the office and finds out that his mother has shown up at his house. And he doesn't really want to deal with her. So he says he's going to call somebody to come pick her up or come watch her.
0: Yeah, this looks like a doozy. Uh,
1: I did not think... I- I'll save it. But just note the terrible treatment of his mother on real life mother's day
0: (laughs) (laughs) it was well in fairness mad men's mother's day was like last week
1: yeah yeah but it was real life mother's day which was like "Mm, i don't know pete maybe back off a little anyway peggy and bert meet don and he gets a call from sylvia uh this is just kind of a a quick scene outside of his office where they they meet up and talk um Bert says there's going to be plenty of time to catch him on flights to Detroit. No flights for you, Bert. No flights for you. Little do you know. Uh, Then Don goes over to the hotel where he meets... or I'm sorry, he doesn't go over there yet. He talks to her on the phone because he gets a phone call at that moment. Um, And he tells her to meet him at a hotel. Just a quick scene there. This is where we begin to see the
0: man with the plan in action. Yeah, suddenly Don's kink... Shifts, like, two gears and goes in overdrive. I also yeah. thought it was interesting how Sylvia, he, Don was kind of, like, non-interested until she basically used a sales pitch on him. Uh-huh. And then suddenly, ears pricked up and prick-eared up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next scene, instant
1: classic Roger scene here, in my opinion. Oh, God. The firing of Bert, again. Destruction. There are so many quotable lines in here from Roger uh, that I'm not going to bother to quote any of them.
0: I'm going to. The okay. best is, you're a real prick. Damn it, Bert, you <laughs> stole my reply.
1: Yeah. You stole my goodbye?
0: No, stole my reply. Yeah, this next reply. Yeah. I just feel like how smug Bert was thinking he came mm-hmm. into this company with any kind of hand. Yeah. yeah. He'd already been fired from this company Plus, once. he just... Now... Because Vix was a nine million dollar account, right? Uh, we yes, found that that, that, just that was just one of the crown jewels in the, you know, Pete pro- portfolio. Yeah. And this this dick comes in bragging, boasting of four million dollars of billing. Yeah, in total billings? In total billings, I mean, that just makes him look like such a small time player, doesn't it? For sure. I mean, that's so. People might be buying him champagne cases, but in the grand scheme of things, he ain't nothing. Well, he thought his
1: play was Chevy, right? Until we find out about Ken Cosgrove slash Alan Ladd, uh, yeah, up there at Chevy at that very moment.
0: Yeah, basically, that he's a younger, better-looking, <laughs> more talented version of you.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's what he came in thinking he had,
0: mm. but but that was Roger uh, quickly ripped. Uh, yeah, that like, off from under and him. also Roger, I think. Uh, is going to take a, a, a quite a bit of credit for the GM account. Thank you very much. Oh, I hope so. I mean, he's the one that ran that thing down to the ground and got them in the, uh, in the picture in the first place, which allowed... Yeah. Which uh,
1: saved their ass. Mm-hmm. Without Chevy, that company implodes right then and there, doesn't well, it?
0: Well, probably. I mean, and it's still, the jury's still out. Question, are we still on with the theory that Teddy engineered this?
1: Yes, I am.
0: Seriously, because it doesn't seem like it from this episode. He doesn't seem like he is the man at the plan.
1: Really? Okay. So so you're just saying. I was not hot that hot, hot on the theory last.
0: Yeah, works. I was not that hot on the theory because from the timing perspective, I just don't. I feel like the man did not act as if Wiener intended him to be the architect of this scheme. He seems like a guy who's just kind of figuring it out like everybody else.
1: Maybe, or he's the man with the plan, and it'll be unleashed soon. Hmm. I don't know. I It seemed like it when I was watching last episode, and I don't think... I, I mean, I understand where you're coming from because of the way he reacts to Don kind of reacting to him this episode. Um, mm-hmm. But he also seems very... Um, like, like he has a good intuition about people. Right on. I mean, he picks up on what Don is doing pretty soon off from when it happens, you know?
0: He's not a dummy. No. And, and it's interesting because he's not—I don't think he's as, as talented as Don Draper.
1: It, yeah, I agree with that.
0: But he's a much harder worker.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't get drunk during meetings <laughs> or during brainstorming sessions. Uh, so Don shows up at the hotel and bangs Sylvia. Mm-hmm. wow Um, pretty short scene there. They just get on the bed and... Room 503. Start doing it. Uh, room 503, okay. What'd you make of that? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I noted it, but it didn't... <laughs> didn't even make a blip.
0: So I saw some comments on Tom and Lorenzo's site, which okay. were on fire. They were, you know, they, they delivered the goods this week, like they always do. And some comments on Reddit... That said that this could possibly be an allusion to Liz Taylor's movie, Butterfield 8, where she played a prostitute. Um, that, that Liz Taylor actually resembles Sylvia, especially in a scene where she's lying naked and wrapped up in the bed sheet. Also, for like the numerology people, uh, 5 plus 0 plus 3 equals 8, which is another reference to Butterfield 8. Uh, he's also referenced um, this movie before and one I think in season three, uh, Betty tells her neighbor, um, Francine that she ran in their old college roommate and um, and she implies that she's taken to prostitution, and Francine replies, Oh, Butterfield ate. So obviously hmm. Don sees Sylvia as a whore. I mean, that's that that's been the motif all season long, and now he's still giving her the pretty woman treatment yeah um what do you think of that do you think there's anything to that so there's an actual reference to butterfield 8 in Mad Men. yeah like season three i believe
1: interesting okay you didn't tell me that before so that lends a little more credence to it i think
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah or precast chatter you're like fuck you aaron you're full of shit
1: yeah but having them mention it in a previous season uh that might you know (laughs) that might play a factor
0: well, I mean, plus I always thought she did look kind of Liz Taylor in yeah. the way her hair is done and all that. And if that's, you know, I don't know. Okay. I'm not into much on the numerology either, but it's something interesting to think about.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the creative meeting um, where Margie is absent, which I don't understand why because she's not fired yet. She's definitely still
0: there later on. Plus, don't you want Margie to brainstorm about margarine? Oh yeah! Come on! Yeah, what are they thinking? What the hell, Teddy! You can skip Dawn, yeah, but can you skip Margie? I changed my opinion. He's definitely not the man with the plan. Plus, put her put her in a poncho and put a feather in her hair, and she's like the Land of Lakes girl. Oh my god! Right? Is she not dead on for Land of Lakes girl? I don't know what the Land of Lakes girl looks like. <laughs> Marjorie, exactly <laughs> okay. like Marjorie. A poncho. Yeah, I think that's what they call it. <laughs>
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, you're insane Okay uh, So yeah, Ted asks about the margarine And does some free association I thought it would be fun If we did some free association of ourselves Or of of our own And I'd like to free associate on Bob Benson Smarmy Smarmy, greasy I think comes to my mind he, He's 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 very much lumped in No, you're, you're overthinking
0: it uh, Insincere <laughs> sincere. Uh caffeinated. Limp dicked. <laughs> uh but seriously, right? Y- why would he be limp dicked? Uh, just look at the
1: man. I think if anybody is gonna get it up in the near future, it's Bob with Joan. That's well, what I'm thinking. That's one way to stiffen it. Yep. Alright. That was some good free association. I think uh we need forty more minutes of that. Alright. <laughs> we'll come up with nothing. Okay. Uh moving on, Sylvie explains the fight and uh Don gets dominant. This is the the plan unfolding like really starting to unfold. So, uh he makes Sylvie find his shoes on her knees, hmm. then undress and go back to bed to wait for him. And she returns,
0: Seems alternately into this, not into this or yeah. kind of resistant. And also, do you think Don had this this plan from the beginning or is this a re- is this basically oh way to shut her up about talking about her husband that then he just kind of ran with?
1: Uh, I feel like maybe... Do you also think that this is... He's making the plan up as he goes along, but I don't think that was necessarily the what spurred him to set the plan in motion. I think it was that comment that you said, that you talked about earlier over the phone.
0: Also, I got another take to run by you. Okay. So... Don, when he overheard Sylvia like give um Dr. Rosen mm-hmm. his packing papers. Yep. His his leather travel accessory. He it, it like opened up his mind to the possibility that she might be in play for like the next Mrs. Draper. So so yeah, like it does. so 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 I got like a little Adam from, from last season of Girls Vibe okay. where You know, he was kind of, like, has all this inner kind of shame and weird feelings and these sexual kinks inside of him. And when he found that nice girl, he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to try to get her to crawl across the floor and see how far I can take her. Yeah. And see, like, if she's a player. And that Don was, like, auditioning her? Maybe. Maybe. And is this, is this his thing? It seemed to be his thing with Megan. We didn't see the early stages of Betty, but as you know. Is I feel like kinda... it
1: is one of his things because, I mean, aside from growing up in whorehouses where those kind of fantasies are playing out on the reg. Right. Uh, at dinner where they ordered the Diavolo, whatever, the steak Diavolo. He oh, yeah. was very dominant in that as well. Right. It's not. It's not like this has never been. This side of Don has never been. Oh, shown. And the
0: and Bobby Barrett, the threatening finger bang, <laughs> yep. uh, the menacing finger bang, rather. Yeah. Uh, so I think this is a part of Don, most certainly. And and this is an incredible John Hamm performance, right? Oh yeah. The fact that he can still do this shit and be sexy and mesmerizing <laughs> and a dick at the same time.
1: Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's it's impressive acting for sure
0: I only know one woman's take on this and she was way into it uh, did we get any female feedback about
1: yeah they found it repulsive it was disgusting really? on
0: almost all counts interesting
1: yeah. uh, I I was a little surprised by that too um, because I I know there are certainly
0: women out there who are into this stuff. Do you think it's more the fact that what he's doing to Megan, the fact that we like Megan, unlike Betty? Mm-hmm. Like like if this was happening season two with Betty being Betty, do you think they would still be thinking it was disgusting? Is this transferal disgust?
1: I It, it might be part of that. I also think maybe a reason is because at the end she ended up not wanting it if she, if she, maybe she had stuck with the plan and gone along with the whole episode and maybe next episode we saw that yeah. i think we might get a different reaction at the end of this
0: one yeah i was i was surprised because from this initial scene i just thought this was going to be no sale
1: it, oh yeah when she's very hesitant at the beginning
0: yeah and she never uh, did get the, on her knees the, and and crawl around no, i mean uh-huh. until i guess to put on the shoes maybe but anyway yeah she wasn't
1: crawling around
0: no um there's a little bit of eye rolling in the scene
1: yeah so, so when the scene starts off, she's talking about like why they were fighting, mm-hmm. um, and she says something about her kid being in France, um, and at this time, there were nationwide strikes and rioting um, across France. Riots in France? No. <laughs> right? Surprise, surprise. Uh, but these were apparently famous for being like the first, they call them wildcat strikes, uh, the first nationwide wildcat strike for france <laughs> so that uh, wildcat strike is where it's not sanctioned by the union but the people are striking anyway
0: oh gotcha yeah it's disorganized labor yes to, to yes. rip off house of cards <laughs>
1: uh so that was the scenario that was going on there that's why france was all burning uh and she was so worried Sacre about her, her kid and apparently arnold wasn't worried about the kid um so, that's what she was really mad about, you know? I don't know. Uh, he, he just doesn't... He was self-obsessed. He doesn't care what she wants, what his family needs. He's just going to do what he wants. Hmm. Uh, so, that's that. Uh, I did not make any Fifty Shades connections in this episode. A lot of our listeners did. Uh, probably because I have not read it. Oh, God. <laughs> I tried. I tried. D- did you?
0: Yeah. Uh, couldn't get past it? It's rec- it was... Yeah. It It's just horribly written (laughs) okay amazing and and i and i've read da vinci's code it's it's (laughs) it's hideously written
1: nice all right let's move on to the next scene there's more talk of margarine uh too much talk of bread (laughs) and don shows up 40 minutes late for the meeting and then ted just uh, as soon as don sits down ted dismisses a group and then he goes after don and chews him out for being so late jumps the shit Yeah, so what do you think about Ted being a challenge to kind of the way Don likes to do things? Don needs a challenge. I agree, That's totally unacceptable. Uh, I think this merger is either going to destroy what's left of Don's career now or kick him in the pants and get him back on track. Like Maybe Peggy can do that, but I seriously doubt
0: it. It'll be interesting because I'm kind of in the same opinion of you uh, that this is going to be... Either very, very good or very, very bad for him. Because honestly, as I was watching this episode, I'm like, how the fuck has Don ever attracted any real talent? Because mm-hmm. anybody who's good at their job is going to be like, what the fuck is this guy? I'm working my guts out. <laughs> he disappears for sometimes weeks on end, mm-hmm. comes back with not a single fucking excuse for his behavior. and but continues has
1: th- the perfect pitch. Well, That's I mean, it's just needs. like,
0: I, we're going to get onto this later, the way Teddy... Um, you know, talks to I think it's Frank, isn't he the one the cancer? Yeah, Uh, the way he describes Don Draper is like the perfect character summation of him, and and sometimes it's it's almost supernatural his ability to get away with this bullshit. Uh huh. Sure, but in real life, I'm thinking that there's no way you'd attract top talent.
1: But people, people don't want to learn from him. I mean, if you're a young guy and you don't know. A whole lot about the industry yet. Getting a position underneath him would probably teach you a lot.
0: I guess I I it don't, it may I don't teach have you the spirit bad habits to could, if you're not as talented as he is. But I, it's bad habits even for someone as talented as him. And I don't, I wouldn't have the spirit to brook it. I would you yeah. know I don't mind a boss fucking off. I kind of prefer my bosses doing that. <laughs> um, but one that fucks off and then wants to hold me accountable for every little thing yeah. and throws shit in my face. Fuck that. All
1: right. Fair enough. Uh, next scene, Don calls Sylvia, and he tells her to wait for him and not to answer the phone, which he immediately tests her on. Uh-huh. And she passes. She does not answer
0: the phone. And she starts getting into the game at this point. I was going to say, which,
1: she's, yeah,
0: right now she looks like she's all aboard. Like, And if, if her complaints about Arnold are accurate, this is like the total opposite. I mean, Don is, on a superficial level, um, focusing all of his attention on her, yeah um Don
1: then brings a drink to Ted to apologize about the meeting that he skipped out on, but uh he gets a little too forceful with the drinks
0: yeah yeah this is this is the same thing he did to Roger when uh he got at odds at Roger for hitting on uh his wife. What happened there? I don't. He remember. He drank that. him into the ground, made him sick as a dog. He drank Roger into the ground. Hell yeah! How the fuck did that happen? It did. I think there was some I uh, don't remember shell- that when was I think this? shellfish was involved as well.
1: Shellfish. All right. Yeah. Well, you look that up and tell me where where it was because I don't remember him drinking Roger into the table. All right. That sounds like a feat. Uh, next scene. Pete gets to his pit. And the guy who was watching his mother leaves. Uh, Who is this guy? His brother-in-law? Who? Pete? No, it's his brother. His brother. Yeah. Okay. Uh, His mother has to spend the night in the pit. The Pete pit. (laughs) Yeah. Disgusting. (laughs) Imagine those sheets. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Greasy and sticky and...
0: Yeah, and, and interestingly, um, Bud, which is his brother, doesn't know anything about Pete's marriage date. Does yeah. that, did that surprise you? Uh, no. Hell no, it didn't surprise me. Um,
1: I assumed that neither of them would say anything, and I thought the tension here was ratcheted up because of that. He can't actually say anything about why he doesn't want to take his mother to Trudy. Um. Actually, the guy assumes that he will. Just leave her with Trudy, um, but at the end he doesn't. He doesn't challenge that because he can't. Uh, so instead, he just takes her into his place.
0: All right, I got, I found it. it's it's actually from all the way from season one episode okay. "Red in the Face." Um, Ro- Roger got drunk and hit on uh, Betsy, mm-hmm. and later on to get revenge, Don gets him drunk. It says Don and Roger slurp down raw oysters and liquor at the oyster bar. Um, on the way back to the office, the two drunken full. Uh, well, let me skip ahead of it. Basically, the uh, building's elevators are out of service, so they have to walk up 23 flights of stairs. Don, hardly sweaty, and Roger, armpit soaked and face red, pauses at each landing, <laughs> struggling to go on. Don arrives at the top to find three Nixon men waiting for them with Pete and Cooper. Uh, Betram introduces him to the Nixon men. when Roger arrives. He opens his mouth to speak, but then vomits onto the carpeting. <laughs> okay. The Nixon man observes that he must've had a bad oyster. <laughs> I, d- I do remember that, but
1: that's not really him drinking him under the table. That's just Roger being an old man with heart problems. Uh,
0: right? I'm just saying it's, it's, it's the second time we've seen him use, uh, alcohol abuse as a form of <laughs> getting back to someone <laughs> sure. at someone. Yep.
1: Uh, all right, let's go to the next scene. Ted explains his Gilligan's Island formula to Don, and Don kind of takes it in another direction, coming up with an instant pitch, and Ted likes it, but with a few modifications. Throw some bacon in there. Get some toast or something. Gotta have some
0: cows, because there's got to be a dairy. A dairy farmer's wife prefers yeah. margarine, so what the fuck are you going to do, America? <laughs> yeah. She's got, she's got butter, butter. she got butter straight from the cow's teat. Nah, she wants the homogenized <laughs> vegetable oil because it doesn't uh, spoil. There's a reference here to
1: Dorothy Lang. I don't know who that is. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I've. Uh, I, I don't know what they're talking about either. Some of the other references I looked up, like Alan Ladd, he was a, an actor. Obviously. Oh, sure, sure. Um, a little before my time. <laughs> uh, but okay, let's move on to the next scene. Sylvia receives a sax. Fifth Avenue package with a red dress in it. And basically that's just her going to the door and taking the package in and opening it. Nothing fancy there.
0: Um, oh, she's the famous photographer that took a bunch of pictures of like people from the depression. Oh, you know, so she's okay. like, you know, basi- basically people of the earth. Real All right. people.
1: All right. Sure. Um, so Bob discovers that Joan's sick and helps her escape the building to get to the doctor D- disingenuous Bob once again, quote unquote, mishears Joan when she says, Go the fuck away, Bob Benson. Yeah, I know. I thought you said come in. Bullshit, you did. Right. There's no effing way. <laughs> Ridiculous. Bob Benson is up to no good. I'm telling you. Well, I you. mean, cause,
0: so he's on red alert because that's one thing we glossed over yes, yes, when. Yes. Um. Oh, shit. What's his name? Bert? Yeah. Yeah. When Bert got the shit can, Bob Benson's like, oh, you're my new boss. I can't wait to meet you. Could you have one of my coffees? And uh, he's like, get fucked, kid, because I'm out of here. Which means you're next. You're probably next. Your whole support structure, your whole reporting tree, your chain of command is gone. (laughs) So now tell me. So now he's just basically, I think he's just randomly knocking on offices, hoping to find a problem he can solve. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Make himself valuable. And this is a guy who thinks.
0: This is a guy who 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 brings multiple coffees just to give it away. He's the guy who's willing to fetch <laughs> toilet paper for Pete. Yeah, yeah. What's he not willing to do? He's got a scheme here for he's sure. Just, yeah, but he he does seem so damn genuine, though. <laughs> I know. Like every single time people have gotten pissed at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. This is helping his career, but is there? You know, it's like in the animal kingdom. It's only parasitism if. No, if only one side benefits, it's, they call it mutualism. Mm-hmm. If both sides benefit, so why can't he be the little shrimp that's cleaning out the fish's mouth and preventing tooth decay? <laughs> yeah, he's still eating that shit. But I mean, like, isn't yeah? Did not Joan need this? Definitely. Is Bob really an evil man? Am I supposed to accept that just because Ken Cosgrove at one point yelled at him?
1: <laughs> that see, that's where I'm coming for from. For buying it's food like... for a
0: funeral, what the fuck? <laughs> So this is the war crime
1: evidence here right because Ken Cosgrove up until Bob Benson was the nicest guy on the show he was the model of sure of nicety the
0: bar's pretty fucking low but yes he's <laughs> sure. a nice guy
1: and I still view him as a nice guy I don't I don't see that he's turned to the dark side yet no so now how can you have the nice guy Ken Cosgrove calling out? The quote-unquote nice guy, Bob Benson.
0: Yeah, I mean, he treated him like this lowest of scum.
1: I know. It's it doesn't hard. seem to jive. It's like the, the two cannot exist in the same place. They I, will I, I don't know where the wiener's
0: going. I don't know where the wiener's going here.
1: Yeah, I will, we'll see. I'm fairly confident that something big is going to unfold with Bob Benson. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's um, the guy's been in every episode this season.
1: Uh, when we get to the football episode, or the football scene... I'll talk a little bit more about kind of where my theory lies with him. Right on. Um, But for now, let's keep going. Uh, Ted shows up to the creative meeting drunk and sloshed, like totally destroyed, and asks who everyone's voting for. (laughs) Uh, One of them says Nixon, and he decides he's done. (laughs) Yeah. He's (laughs) like,
0: I can't believe it. Don't you have any hope?
1: (laughs) Uh, Peggy actually looks more disappointed in Don than in Ted, which jives with you know, later happenings in this episode. Um, but she should rightfully be disappointed in Ted. I mean, Don's got a good point later on when he says he's a grown man. If you don't want to drink, you don't have to drink.
0: Sure. Seems to make sense. This is yet another plan that Don executed because he, he intended to get the guy drunk for sure. Yeah.
1: Um, anyway, Bob scams, uh, again, again, Bob Benson scamming his way into the hearts of people uh joan right into the doctor's office uh (laughs) she's sitting there she's obviously in pain they're in a long line he's just like yeah she drank a whole bunch of horrible shit
0: yeah furniture polish (laughs) i almost called bullshit on the fact that someone could believe someone would drink furniture polish by accident except that i've seen you drink soap water
1: i have yeah it happened i thought it was lemonade (laughs) 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 it was terrible yeah, uh, that
0: was whole hilarious,
1: but but he kind of redeems himself, right? Because when he says that she drank furniture polish, uh-huh. uh, Joe looks over at him like, "Are you really saying I'm that stupid?" And then he claims it was because she's she didn't have her glasses on. Well, what about she's the far side? So
0: does furniture polish is it <laughs> doesn't smell
1: like oily lemon pledge? Did he pour it into
0: a glass? I don't know. Like, why would there be
1: furniture polish in a drinking vessel? Yeah, right. <laughs> Because you pick up a bottle of furniture polish It's not round like a glass is No <laughs> I don't know Anyway it worked on the lady And they they immediately got her into the doctor's office uh, So Bob scamming his way in again uh, Don gets back to Sylvia's room And he makes more demands of her And she complies Then there's a short shot of him Climbing into his bed where Megan is sleeping Uh Interesting stuff here. Um, I'm pretty sure when he told her to take everything off, he
0: probably meant the crucifix as well. Uh, he probably <laughs> well, wants her to take that thing off again. So are you have you been reading Tom on Lorenzo this this uh, year? A uh, couple of times. Not this time. They got the, the theory about, uh, and this has been a multi-season theory, about that the red is associated with prostitution. Yeah. And, you know, obviously the Saks Fifth, El- Fifth Avenue dress mm-hmm. was bright red. Do you uh, – but some of their color theories are a little out there. Like they got this new color theory that they debuted for the Flood episode where blue and green character – blue and green outfits are uh, symbolism of water and um, like like chaos or change.
1: Hmm. And they were okay. making a
0: big deal out about Joanie, um having a very conspicuous uh, blue and, and yellow dress on.
1: And probably um, the ad that Don did. Yeah, the jumping, hotel, the, the Hawaii
0: yeah. jumping-off point, same, same difference. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, I, do they in their articles like justify why they think that is? Of course
0: they do. Okay. It's <laughs> a little out of scope to cover on the podcast, but okay. All right. um, so that's the theories we're working on with the red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. makes a
1: lot of sense though, because I mean, Don well and all grew of us, up in the whorehouse. Probably yeah, what like that
0: buxom blonde was in red. And there's previous. Uh, mm-hmm. Someone posted on Reddit there was a previous image. Uh, in fact, it was very close to so so when Sylvia was was sitting there uh, in her red dress on that chair, mm-hmm. that that was a uh, very similar to a flashback in an earlier season. that Don had to the whorehouse where there was another. Prostitute sitting there on a chair that was almost exactly the same and they're almost uh, framed exactly the same yeah I saw that um people speculating is some of this don's you know oversexed personality come from the fact that he was raised in a whorehouse where these women were available for everyone but him
1: uh yeah I think certainly as a I mean...
0: teen as a as a as a preteen to early teen boy would that be? That's got to be... That, that would fuck you fuck you up at a fundamental level, right? Yeah,
1: that's got to be what he expects out of a sexual relationship now.
0: Yeah. You would
1: think. I mean, he's been that way with Megan. Uh, I presume he's been that way with Betty. It's, I don't think it's anything new for him to treat her like a whore. Plus, I mean, the line that you exist in this room for my pleasure. I, come on, where else do you say that but a whorehouse? Mm. I mean, that's pretty much along those lines. <laughs> Anyway, so we go from, uh, I guess, one of the more uh, disturbing, depends on how you look at it, most disturbing scenes, into one of the more touching scenes with Ted visiting Frank Gleason in the hospital. Uh, Unfortunately, all he can talk about is Don. I mean, he's not talking much about old Frank there.
0: But he gets a lot of good advice from Frank, right? Sure does.
1: Just, uh, he's saying, wait it out, be patient, take more punches than he can.
0: Yeah, get your swag back on. Get back there and act like you own half the place because you do, dumbass. (laughs)
1: Right? Yeah, so good advice from Frank. Uh, Pete leaves his mother in the pit as he goes off to
0: work. (laughs) He mind fucks her. He actually uses her, um, what do you call that? Alzheimer's. Well, yes, but dementia. Yeah, early, early dementia, senility against her.
1: Yeah, I thought that we had seen in this apartment all possible forms of griminess. Mm. This one takes the cake.
0: It's really bad. Exploiting and... your mother's mental illness to get your way. And obviously she's difficult to deal with, but it just reminds well, my grandfather. Oh. My grandfather died of Alzheimer's, and it's horrible. Oh, yeah. And, you know, one of the things you, you kind of do, I don't know if she, do you think she was a bitch her whole life to Pete? Or has this happened later in life and she's just an inconvenience to him?
1: I I do not
0: know. I mean, we've known that he's hated his mother for a, a while now. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it just seems like I don't care. You know, part of the deal of the whole child-parent thing is, you know, they, they take care of you and then you pretty much have to take care of them, right? Yeah. And yeah. it feels very icky when someone just completely um, abdicates that duty, I guess
1: hmm Yeah, now he's the second brother to do that, so Yeah, right. She doesn't really have anybody else to take care of her. Uh, Pete's not doing a very good job. Yeah, but that that was that was disgusting. More griminess in the Pete Pit. Uh Don shows up. Still no Dawn. Peggy's waiting in his office to tell Don to lay off of Ted. Move forward, she says. Good advice. You think he'll take it? Uh well. I don't think he will, but he needs to after what happened with Sylvia this episode.
0: I like their relationship because he tried to take it back to, you know, master and pupil land and like, oh, yeah, I orchestrated all this to get you back in my office bitching. And she's just having none of it. She stayed on point, took it right to him. Yep. And, you know, very much came across as the adult in relationship. For sure. So I like the fact that they're not going to just put Peggy back into Don's thrall. Like, I, I, yeah. I don't think that's that could possibly happen at this point now. No, she's grown too much. And she knows too much now. Honestly, you know, let's not forget about what happened last episode with her and Teddy. Yep. Uh, I've always thought, and I got a lot of heat of it, that Meg, that, that Peggy and, and Don had something. Yeah. Something. Uh-huh. Some connection. And I think that Teddy has kind of taken that place. So she's got nothing that she's intimidated uh, by Don about now. I think you're right.
1: Moving on, Pete and Harry commiserate about their lack of importance, hmm. and Pete gets another call from his mother, not the last call from his mother. I don't think
0: is Harry getting like gaining five pounds an episode?
1: <laughs> I don't know He looks I like shit, it. yeah,
0: I think that was kind
1: of the point of this episode or this scene. yeah, I mean, both of these guys are beaten down by their duties, right? Harry is a guy who expects to be a partner. Uh, because he's contributed so much, or he thinks he has. He's well, the guy who is a partner, but he's a junior partner. And now he's seen four more partners, or three more partners join up. He's never going to get to be a full partner.
0: Well, the other thing is... Uh, well, I was wondering if if uh, Harry's going to think that this is an opportunity. Because Roger said, before we get bigger, we need to get bigger. Well, they just doubled in size.
1: True, but they doubled in partners as well. Did they? Know,
0: like, almost. Yeah, there were a lot of guys in that room.
1: Well... Cutler, Gleason, Shaw. There's three of them, right? And
0: those are like senior partner level, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess one of them's dying. <laughs> There's that. There He'll, you go, Harry. Keep your spirits yeah. up. <laughs> that's how he would look at it, <laughs> for sure. Don't judge me. He no, uh, definitely would.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he awful. Awesome. bad.
0: I don't know. I don't feel good about Frank surviving.
1: It yeah, awfully no, I'm bad.
0: You. Went went downhill in 30 days for sure.
1: Unless that's like after around a round of chemo or something, did they even have chemo back then? Man, I don't know how recent a treatment chemo. Is. Surely
0: they did, okay. but I mean they yeah. might not have radiation. But this is like, yeah. so what was last uh, episode? It was the Mother's Day weekend, so it was early May. This is mm-hmm. ends on June 6th, so it's been exactly thirty days, and he went from being relatively healthy looking, if not a little bit wan, to he he looks he aged fifteen years. That's yeah. usually a bad sign yeah
1: yeah I, but i hear that actually the treatment is uh a lot of times worse than the disease there as yeah far as, that's true like the treatment probably won't kill you immediately but it's gonna make you feel a hell of a lot worse for it you could,
0: yeah his hair could be falling out and he's not shaved and he's just yeah. yeah i guess that's true uh but i really like the team
1: up of pete and harry
0: i see big things in their future oh really oh yeah
1: Oh, yeah, they can commiserate with each other. Yeah, know? they
0: can both take rifles to the office and shoot everyone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Don leaves Sylvia. I like how you
0: giggle every time I mention Pete <laughs> going to shooting rampage. He's <laughs> a psychopath. Because I yes. can see it happening, and
1: the gun is still out there. It's like, <laughs> when is it going to happen? <laughs> and Don leaves Sylvia in the room while he flies upstate, and he takes her book this time. Big mistake. Yeah, Big mistake, that's Don. That
0: was a giant. Jo- I mean, that's. That's where you go. You go a little too far into the uh, domination submission routine. Like you got to think about, is this fun for the other person? <laughs> <laughs> no TV in that hotel room? Well, I mean, just leaving and like you're not going to be back and you have no way to entertain yourself except for touching yourself presumably. That just shit doesn't fly like yeah, for an entire evening. You you are going out into the world and doing things. This mm-hmm. person who's a thinking human being is just going to sit there for hours and hours and hours. That might be very hot for you every 15 or 20 minutes when you think about it, but it's boring as fuck for that person.
1: Yeah. Well, Don just wants a sex slave. That's all he's looking for. Yeah, like hardcore. Point. Yeah. So, no, but you're right. Uh, it's also a mistake to take her book because I feel like that's what led to her... Uh, I mean, she was just, at that point, left alone with her thoughts, which is probably what Don wanted to a degree, but it's also what...
0: No, not what you want with, yeah, yeah. from the feelings that she's espoused before, you know? Exactly. Last thing you want to do. Yeah, so big mistake, Don. Is a dick move and allowed her to reconsider what the hell she's doing.
1: Yep. Uh, Ted and Don are ready to leave for the meeting, but Pete isn't around, so they decide to leave without him. Uh, Just a quick scene there. Don's angry that Pete would try to cancel a meeting uh, just because he can't make it. Ted then pilots the plane through rough weather as Don freaks out, and above the clouds, the weather clears up, and Don kind of gives Ted the respect, I think, that he's looking for from Don uh, a little bit, um, but with the line, you know, you're, you're the guy who flew us here or whatever in your own jet, right. your own plane. This, man, I tell you. There's a lot of good
0: stuff in this scene in particular. Well, I mean, at first it's, it's one, it's, it's a moment of pure comedy. Yep. Um, it's, it's just extremely funny and also it, it starts with that, but then it ends with, with Don kind of realizing how uh, much he's underestimated Ted.
1: Yeah. And this is one of the very few times I've ever seen Don, uh, genuinely brattled. <laughs> oh Yeah. I mean, he's sweating up a storm. He's hanging on to the plane for dear life. He's scared out of his mind. Mm -hmm. And Ted's calm as can be. Ted, certainly playing up the part of the pilot with his fucking aviators (laughs) and bomber jacket.
0: Deal with it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Right? Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of good quotes in here, too. Like, uh, Ted tells Don, sometimes when you're flying... You think you're right side up but you're really upside down and i feel like that describes don quite a bit right now
0: well it describes the whole damn firm too
1: <laughs> fair enough yeah they just got a massive contract
0: especially if we feel we're, like they're flying especially if we're right about some of the speculation involving uh this gm product and um yeah some of the, the fates that awaited the smaller firms that tried to go public
1: yep for sure uh i also noticed that i what is the book he's reading it's the
0: last something or other. Well, yeah,
1: I looked it up, Sh- and yeah. it had no meaning to me, so
0: yeah. I, I dismissed it. Yeah, Molly Lambert mentioned something about it on on uh, met, uh, on Grantland. but Okay, yeah. we'll
1: see if you can look up at least the name of it. Um, I don't even know how you do that, but good luck. <laughs> um, but this is the same thing he did when he was on the beach in Hawaii with Megan, and there's, as Ted calls it, God's majesty all around – and Don is sitting there reading a book. He's uninterested in God's majesty. No use for it. So I thought that was interesting. Um, next scene, Bob brings a gift to Joan's house. The the football with a bow. And Joan's mother basically tries to convince her that Bob's interested, right? Because Joan doesn't seem to think he is.
0: Well, uh, I think Joan... Is that's that's kind of something that's kind of an something she's affecting. Yeah, I'm I, with you. Yeah, like it has ever occurred to Joan that a man is not interested in her. Right. So but yeah, I mean honestly it's a good look for Bob. I again I'm yeah. I'm trying to I, I instinctively hate him, but if I look back and think about why I hate him, that's not really adding up. I So yeah, I
1: think my theory on Bob Benson as to how he fits into this overall picture is that they're trying to position him as a guy who's nice enough and good enough for Joan. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's where they're headed with this. Uh, and maybe the guy who's playing him is just doing too broad of a portrayal of this type of character. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is James Wolk, by the way. Uh, He's been a whole bunch of other stuff, Uh, but uh, but I think maybe he's just playing it a little too nice. Like maybe if he was Ken Cosgrove, nice, we'd be okay with him. But he's just going a little too far. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. But Matt Weiner is very particular. He probably would not air a performance that he does not like. Sure. So
0: there's got to be more to it. Did I mention the uh, the book's called The Last Picture Show?
1: Okay. Uh, is there any pertinent plot points? I would or have to like do speed read Wikipedia. Okay, let's not do that. Not do that. Let's <laughs> talk about the episode because we are already deep into this podcast. Uh, there's a line in here which I also liked that relates to Bob Benson, where uh, Jones' mom says, "Every good deed is not part of a plan," and I feel like this is the Wiener telling us to shut the fuck up about Bob Benson. <laughs> He's just a normal guy. Hmm. Who just happens to be nice.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I, I don't buy any—I don't know if I buy any of the big theories about him being a cop or a taxman or anything like that. Yeah, they Um, they are fun to
1: consider. They're
0: definitely fun to consider, but, you know, the way this thing is all about the patterns that are being perpetuated— um, including the the large overarching pattern, which is the Kennedys being assassinated, yeah, and how that felt like a nightmare you just can't wake up from, yep. Um, or it just keeps repeating. I feel like that from what we saw of Dick Whitman or Don Draper when he first approached Roger, um, that we might that this might just be seeing that replayed, so um the
1: the stuff that don did suck up to roger to get yeah. his position bob benson is now doing to pete
0: well just in, or anybody who will you know and i don't <laughs> to think don bob is now doing to everyone well i mean we don't know that john don didn't do that we just saw yeah. the that that particular relationship through kind of a rose colored backwards looking glasses from from roger and don's perspective so yeah If we were to be following, like, you know, 1954 Don or whatever the hell it was, Mm -hmm. um, would we think that he is a brown-nosing schmuck like Bob? We might. Because he's not Don Draper yet. Yeah. He's just hustling. Just trying to find a job. I mean, he was doing really low-rent stuff, like, you know, doing uh, weird little adverts and accidentally leaving them in cabs and, (laughs) you know, crazy stuff like that.
1: Yep. All right. Uh, also, a little hypocrisy from Joan here. Uh How Bob so? Bob makes it perfectly clear that he is pretending to be at work when he is not, and Joan has no problem with that. So I guess if Dawn had maybe—I'm sorry, Dawn maybe brought her a football, she'd be okay with it? <laughs> mm, well— she did, th- He did help her get to the doctor. Totally understand that, but come on. Consistency.
0: But also, like, I don't think—again, I don't think that was so much— what what's her face did what was her name? I don't remember because the other girl who helped. So Dawn. Harry's got a new girl now. Harry does, isn't it? That's not the same girl that got in trouble with Dawn. That that uh, oh, a new secretary. Yeah, new right. Girl, girl. No, a new secretary. Okay. So did, uh, does that imply that Joan got was. her way off camera? Maybe so. Anyway, I never thought that Do- Joan was that pissed about what they did. It was the the elaborate cover up. Yeah. Yeah, that made her that got her. I mean, I don't think people have been fired, maybe a write up or maybe even a stern warning. But Mm -hmm. it was the it was the the bullshit cover up that pissed her off.
1: All right. Moving on. uh, Pete returns to the office to find out that Don and Teddy left without him.
0: And he is angry. Oh, he's pissed and a (laughs) raging dick to his secretary.
1: Yeah, he is. Uh Angry enough to tell his mother to go to hell and Ted Shaw to fly her there, <laughs> <laughs> which was classic. Uh,
0: he always I, reminds me of Marvin the, the, the Martian when he gets angry. Why? He's just got I don't he know, it's like, you know, around and... Don gets mad like a fucking Greek god. Pete just gets uh-huh. mad like Marvin the Martian. He's just like, <laughs> you know, it's like shaking yeah. his little fist.
1: Well, his, his rage is so impotent. There's nothing he can really do. About Yes, anything. just like
0: Marvin the Martian. Yeah,
1: no, I'm with you. Uh, all right, let's keep going, because we're running along. When Don gets back to Sylvia's room, she surprises him by telling him about her dream and that their days of fornicating are over. Done. Adultering, even. Not just fornicating. I don't know. Uh There's maybe the only time I've ever heard Don utter this word. He please? says please.
0: No, oh, I think he's... Have I ever heard him say that? Didn't he say that to Peggy before he left l- last year? Or did he just cry oh, and kiss her hand?
1: I wonder if he did. I don't remember it that well.
0: Uh, I feel like he's this this he's had similar moments over women. And it's always been over women, right? Yeah.
1: But they're also few and far between. <laughs> well, for sure. I mean, he doesn't get attached to everyone like he got attached to uh, Linda Cardellini. Mm. So, I don't know. Uh, powerful scene here, though. He uh, looks wrecked. The dude looks yeah. wrecked. Yeah, I I haven't seen him that broken up in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um however, can you imagine what would have happened had this been Pete? <laughs> Don Don pretty much takes it like a man here, doesn't he? Mm. He's like, yeah, I'm devastated, but well, I mean, that's how it goes.
0: I was kind of <laughs> surprised to go for him. I'm I'm kind of amazed that he didn't go, you know, turn that shame into grandiosity and start calling her a whore and you're, you know, you'll regret like you it. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's weird. Uh,
1: but I don't know. Apparently she was ashamed of the things that Don made her do. Um, and of what was going on, uh, overall. Yeah. I was going to say, it's not just that, that stuff.
0: Although it. I don't, I think, you know, it's, it's one of those things like, uh, what was Rachel in season one? the, the department store, the no, the department store owner, Mint Minchkin? <laughs> uh, Minchkin, Tim Minchkin, Tim Minchkin, Tim Minchkin, yeah. When he, uh, was... when he was in the Mad Men, no, that uh, that like what really, you talking about the the Don overplayed his head. Hair He's hair. like, hey, you know what? Let's just fucking get out of here and like uh, run off to California. And she's like, look, Psycho, you got a wife and kids, <laughs> no, and she just realized team. the kind of crazy that she was dealing with. I think there was. Yeah. Being left alone, thinking about how shitty this was to Megan, how, th- how shitty this was to uh, um, God, Dr. Rosin. Uh, what's his name? Arnold. Arnold. How shitty it was to Arnie uh, and how that she's really looking in the face of a crazy broken person. Yeah. And suddenly it's just not sexy anymore.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, Don has this exterior that is uh, granite-like. Yeah. and yet he is a very passionate person. He can't do his job without being that passionate person. Hmm. And when that bubbles through, it's it doesn't happen often, but it is fun to watch for sure. uh where are we? Joan saves Bob's, Bob's oh yeah ass so they in suggest a staff that cutting meeting. Bob be fired, but Joan fights for him and uh in my opinion makes a connection with Pete in the process. Oh no, what? Yeah, there's a little wink. They both well, want Bob saved.
0: Yeah, cuz he's the TP man, but yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's the Pete Pittens TP. Uh what uh, do you do you think there's a do you really think that anything's going to happen between Joan oh, and Oh hell no.
1: No, no, no. I really? I did not mean a romantic connection.
0: Oh, wait. Really? Wait, Joan and Bob?
1: Yes. Hell yes. I thought you were going to say Joan and Pete. Uh, Sorry. Uh, Joan and Bob, yes, definitely. I think they're they're setting that up to at least happen i don't know if it will end happily but i think something has got to happen there
0: that'd be interesting if we go into the Mad Men final season with Joni with him and they're genuinely happy yeah <laughs> yeah the guy we instantly wanted to hate and ken cosgrove <laughs> is dressing down gets the um the prettiest girl at the office who's got the brains and they actually are authentically happy even though he was yep. surface level smarmy can
1: make some uh connections to the office here huh bob benson kind of kind of has a gym like quality to him yeah Yeah, and you got the redhead in the office i can feel that yeah yep yep. (laughs) all right don and sylvia ride the elevator to their respective floors uh don looks devastated as she exits the elevator he goes to his apartment and tries to pretend to be excited as megan suggests they go back to hawaii but then he kind of just taps out
0: I think he just starts noticing, re-noticing how bad her teeth are. Yeah, I re-noticed it he's, too. I, he's just like, he's like, oh my god,
1: I made the mistake of freeze framing in that scene. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What is her name? What is the actress's name? I apologize profusely. Jessica you are a beautiful woman, but the teeth. Why? Well, you need to fix those. Does she really? No, she's beautiful enough with them. Doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, like I feel like. I feel like she can get away with it, but every once yeah. in a while, it's like those thing. It's just like uh, you just notice them, like uh, yeah, uh, Hugo Weaving. <laughs> if you've never noticed Hugo Weaving's front two teeth, <laughs> freeze frame the matrix. Freeze frame the matrix. the matrix during that. Like, yeah, during that last fight with Neo, and you will find the man <laughs> has molars installed where his <laughs> incisors should be. It's it's crazy.
1: It's frightening. Yes, it is. Uh, Pete's mother wakes him up and tells him that Kennedy's been shot. He either doesn't care or he thinks she's crazy. Either way, he just wants to sleep. Uh, she says they're shooting everybody. They're shooting everybody. Uh, and she says this to the man who has a gun in his office somewhere.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. And the song that plays at the end is... Some bear to maiden fair type shit. I mean, it's just really jarring. Yeah. Uh, juxtaposition between what we're seeing and the tone of the song about people finally getting together and how groovy, groovy it is. It's like wow, yeah.
1: it's really weird. Um, and yeah, there's there's the final shot, which is just Megan watching the coverage as Doug gets ready for work and him kind of just looking off into space, unconcerned about Kennedy. Totally concerned about what's going on downstairs. Mm-hmm. That's the end. That is it.
0: Do you have yeah. anything you want to do? Do I have something Do I want to do? I usually do some promo, don't I? Yeah, I think so. So, we are part of the Bald Move Network. You can find all of our content at baldmove.com. You know what? We got full coverage of The Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, last two seasons of Mad Men, Breaking Bad, Downton Abbey, courtesy of Tom and... Kelly uh, we've got the guys out of Seattle, the personal arrogance crew broadcasting talking about beers, board games, bros, all kinds of good stuff and the women of the Bacaw show from LA uh, posted the, the most recent episodes going to be their last for a couple of weeks. They're going on a midsummer hiatus. Um, they're just off drinking wine. They're off drinking. Yeah. They're uh, sitting on patios in beautiful
1: California weather.
0: Yeah. It's, it's disgusting. So, but uh, yeah, check them out. Uh, I'll let you know when they come back. And um, if you would, one thing we'd really appreciate is a review and ratings on iTunes. It's the single biggest thing you can do to help grow our network um and again you know you might go there and be like these guys already have well over 100 reviews well itunes don't give a shit itunes is all about <laughs> what happened last week you know i mean the they, i steve jo- uh steve jobs doesn't know uh we are our, our show could have gone to total shit in the last few weeks and all those old reviews are invalid he wants think to see steve the news. job
1: knows anything man
0: uh, man that's no way to speak of the dead No, me. (laughs) Me. So uh, we'd appreciate that and anything you can do. Uh, You can also use our Amazon affiliate link at amazon.baldmove.com or click on the little orange, the big orange banner at the top of our site. The way that works is if you're buying stuff on Amazon anyway, it doesn't charge you any extra shipping nor handling or any other bullshit like that. It just takes a little cut, a, a, a little slight shallow cut off of Jeff Bezos' wallet. Mm-hmm. And puts it in ours. And we appreciate that. Last but not least, if you have a friend that likes good television, likes good podcasting, turn them on dot com. We'd love to have them on board. Great. Now we have a ton of feedback to do. And so the, what's happening now? I'm going to read these. You volunteered. You said, I'd love to read feedback. Okay. Well, Melody says, uh, want to respond to your feedback regarding Peggy's tax thing for... From the four immediate release, Peggy's complete statement was that she had paid off all her debts, helped out her mother, and yet still had this tax thing. We know Peggy received a significant pay increase when she moved to CGC. I took her statement to mean that her increased income had pushed her into a higher tax bracket and that purchasing an apartment may help lower her tax bill. And yes, it's very common for New Yorkers to own apartments. I'm not a tax accountant, but perhaps she was able to write off her down payment, moving expenses, etc., Peggy made the statement in an apologetic tone as if she's afraid of being perceived as flaunting her newfound wealth. Meg responds by saying, don't apologize. You deserve it. I don't think Peggy's tax issue is anything negative or illegal. However, I'm 100% on board with the idea of Don being investigated as was mentioned in the last podcast. I love the theory that Bob Benson is undercover. Is he a suck up to everyone, but doesn't he seem to pro- uh, focus primarily on Don and Pete? Pete's the only one at SCDP that knows details of Don's past. Yeah, True enough. Was. Can't argue with any of those statements. Yep. Uh, I got. I somehow ended up scrolling all the way to the top of the notes again. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's your fault, Jim. Tammy from St. Louis says, Joan, I think she's been in charge of the bookkeeping since Lane died. The accounts guy at the beginning of the episode complimented her on her record keeping. We're talking about past the past uh, podcast, by the way. Yeah. It seems like you guys and Pete took it for flirting. Um, what? Yeah. Well,
1: Pete was flirting with... Jones,
0: yes, not for the accountant. Sure, the accountant, well, the accountant
1: was... was kind of flirting. No, I but he was also he was... complimenting her on job well done. He
0: seemed too old to be flirting. Too he old, seems to be... too old to flirt. He seems okay. like he's thrown off the shackles of the Mad Master and uh, <laughs> doesn't have to worry about that kind of thing anymore. Yep. he's like a Burt Cooper. He's a, he's ascended to that plane of existence.
1: <laughs> so he's got octopus pictures on his wall. Yeah.
0: That's what you do. When Once you you've seen a
1: Japanese girl get with sense. an
0: octopus, Playboy ain't cutting it no more. Joan ain't cutting it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I feel like some other viewers are extra hard on Joan sleeping with er, uh, Herb for the partnership. <laughs> if you go back to the start of Mad Men, you get the feeling that Joan was used a lot to charm quote unquote clients. I think she finally decided to get something more than just a piece of jewelry or furs out of it. Hmm. Uh, no, man. Go on with your bad self, Joan. We're uh, mad. We are sex positive in general here at bald move and in favor of using our bodies in any way to get ahead. It (laughs) just never works for us. No, well, it couldn't work for us, but Joan, when
1: she did it, she was very much not happy about it. No, I get that,
0: but people, me
1: says that she didn't even want, she didn't like doing it in any stretch. No, but if she had
0: to, and I agree with her take that Joan is kind of wheeled out yeah uh, to impress clients from time to time like the cart girl that teddy employs exactly <laughs> um regarding peggy i wonder if people try to put moves on her now that she's free not sure if teddy and peggy will kiss again or if peggy will have fun with multiple men pursuing her that'd be cool i'm a big peggy fan i'd like to see her play the field i'd
1: like to see a, a few
0: random handies out
1: mud wrestling match between abe and teddy <laughs> teddy just wearing nothing but his bomber jacket and his aviators
0: oh that's game over <laughs> uh on the dawn based on his past he understands that sometimes a woman has to do some low things to survive he's conflicted regarding women because the important women in his childhood ended up as prostitutes he hasn't fault joan for what she did he probably is upset that he couldn't save her so he's been fighting for her ever since But he respects her because she got in, she got out, and it wasn't a lifestyle. However, he would not ever be interested in dating her because of what she did. Yeah, there's some interesting commentary on Reddit about how Don is incapable of seeing women as anything other than whores and mothers. Mm -hmm. So, like, Joan is in the mother category. Uh, Anna Draper was in the mother category. Um, Betsy was arguably in the mother category. He always, Yeah. Okay. He's the mother of his you, children, and I think that he married— You said Betsy. I was just confused. Be- yeah, that's what, didn't he call her Bets? I think that's what I'm— Yeah, but her name is Betty. Her name is probably Elizabeth. Well, okay, If you want to yeah. be technical, dick. <laughs> uh... <laughs> oh, boy. I've upset him. He's not reading any more <laughs> feedback right. tonight. I'm, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> Sorry, I'm on strike. Listeners. I've gone wildcat. <laughs> Um, Don doesn't want to see his wife wa- Oh, she's getting she's, she's stealing my point uh, She's stepping on my toes Don doesn't want his wives to do things he considers whoreish Because he thinks being a whore is something you do to survive And they have him He got upset with Betty the one time she tried to dress sexy for him Or when she wanted to wear the bathing suit at the club He's upset with Megan's love scene Because she was kissing for money like a whore The logical part of him knows she's not a whore But we are seeing his logical man-child subconscious getting upset Good point. I don't. Uh, moving on to Dave. Uh, on a rewatch of this week's episode, it occurred to me that Don is the great traitor at the center of everything. We'll see, this is another. Uh, this is another uh, inferno uh, yeah. mashup. Mm-hmm. The center of everything is Don. Uh, or at the center of every at the center of everything, Don is lies the sin of betrayal. His first great betrayal is to Dick Whitman. When offered the opportunity to turn his back on Dick, he left him for dead, walking away from another man's life. Uh, with this secret hidden at the heart of himself, casual, everyday betrayals are so commonplace as to barely register with him. Don is a liar who has constructed his identity, and reality lies. He lies for a living. He's never been faithful to any woman he's ever been with. He can casually betray his firm and fire Jaguar. He pays the most hypocritical lip service to, lo- uh, to lip service loyalty to Hines, Beans, and then tries to seduce Ketchup. Like any betrayer, mm-hmm. he's keenly aware of betrayal. He's probably the only thing that can wound him. Is when Peggy pitches catch up, and then his harsh, incredibly dickish reaction to Megan's fake betrayal, his classic projection of the guilty party. Hmm. Don's greatest act of betrayal is to his talent. Don could write the great American novel, he could be a poet or a songwriter, anything. Instead, he uses his awareness of the human condition to sell fucking slide projectors, floor wax, and the most banal or banal and worthless crap that humans have produced. An insight into the beauty of the human condition twisted to sell people shit they don't want and don't need. Don Draper is a waste. He has wow. squandered his gift for the most venal of goods, and now he must burn in hell for his sin.
1: Woo! Okay. Dave.
0: I'm convinced. That was, uh, that I was a, a I fear for Don's mortal soul at this point. Yeah. Um. Jake in Texas rewatches this episode and notices something about the con- conversation with the junkie. It's a tiny thing. When Peggy says the tenant uh, means the junkie is renting while they own their apartment, Mm. they can go to the owner of the apartment and have her ousted or some other underhanded tactic. Once you suggest, one of you suggested the cops, and they may consider that. But her emphasis on tenant is what me got thinking. Ah, interesting, interesting. Okay. He also wasn't on board with your bullshit. Teddy had a plan theory. Uh, Bullshit's my words, (laughs) but on his second watching, it made sense. Oh yeah, see. Convert. Dead man's brew. Jeremy A. says, long-time listener, first-time watcher. I rewatched the scene with Teddy and Don in the bar in Detroit after a couple of watches. I do believe that Teddy was playing Psychological Warfare, as Don calls it, and makes Don think it's his big idea to combine agencies. If you watch, Teddy orders what Don is drinking. Don's signature old-fashioned. He takes just one small sip of it, more of a martini man. He also picks up his glass just to put it down. If Don takes a big swig of his old fashioned, he immediately gets to the point that they're both screwed. Even when Don tells him to get a table, Ted ultimately convinces Don that it's a lost cause just because of size of her agencies. Then Teddy does the worst pitch he's ever seen. Uh, One listener. So he's time. trying to rope a dope Don with the drinking. Don can't yeah, be out drunk. He's doing the Roger trick, man.
1: Don can can match Teddy gulp for sip. He's got a glass of iced tea with an onion in it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Greg M said, yes, Marie did suggest that she was from France, not Canadia. And there's Mm -hmm. no trace of Canadian French features in her accent, unlike Megan's. However, as a fluent French speaker myself, I have to express my shock that no one has written in before to lament how poor Julia Orman's French pronunciation is. Sure, it could be worse. Most English speakers struggle with the language, but it's painfully obvious to me every time she opens her mouth to speak French that she is not a native speaker. (laughs) For a show that's known for its realism and attention to detail, it really is surprising and immediately takes me out of the episode when I'm watching it. Yeah, but so many of us ignorant-ass Americans don't know what the fuck French sounds like. Yeah, I I I couldn't tell you. It's just like the same thing people – Spanish-speaking people railed on Giancarlo Esposito's – uh, Spanish <laughs> accent in Mad Men or in Breaking Bad. Yeah. And my response is it doesn't really take away the performance for 99% of the people that don't. So mm-hmm. I get you. Um, how difficult would it have been for them to find an actress who's a native speaker of French? Uh, they wanted Julie Ormond. I guess. Yeah. Roger wanted Julie Ormond. On a related note, I read an interview with Ronald Gutman, who plays Emile, Morgan's – or Megan's father, where he noted the producers asked him to speak French with a Canadian accent. Gutman is a native French speaker from Belgium, but his French on Mad Men ends up sounding like something that is neither European nor Canadian. (laughs) The non-existent oh. dialect of French it just further detracts from the realism of the show.
1: Oh, can't do French worth a damn See, this, this is show. this
0: is why I didn't learn a second language. I wouldn't want the realism of our shows to ruin for me. <laughs> um, that's why. But that's interesting. You know, because, like, yeah. she sounds French as hell to me.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know the difference. She sounds me. as
0: French as mustard. Christopher F. says, after listening to the last podcast, I'm surprised there's no commentary on Roger using his mother's death to get Daisy back into bed for a second helping. On Mother's Day, no less. What if Pete had done this? Well, we would have excoriated <laughs> him, of course. Of course. What a bastard. Roger, just thinking about smile. it makes me angry. <laughs> he also is down to Bob Benson equals CIA. Okay. Nick G. says, this is probably the grimiest episode, or was it grimmest?
1: Uh. I, well, tomato, tomato. Grimaced. Yeah, it's both. It's a little. It's the grimmest,
0: grimmest episode we've seen in this series so far. When the series began, the office was always shown as comfortable and brightly lit, and his home with Betty was always dark because he was happy at work and unhappy at home. This episode is pretty dimly lit from beginning to end. When we see him with Megan at the end, and his white carpeted apartment is dark, realize he is in hell being near her. I think the office might even be darker than usual, probably because Don now has to deal with sharing his command with Ted Shaw. Uh, Don taking Ted in his office and making him drink, and then fly, Ted flying Don in his plane were both power moves on their parts, but is more than that. Don takes Ted to hell and shows him his self destructing behavior. Ted takes Don to heaven, Ooh. almost literally. Ted cements religious implications when he asks Don why he isn't taking the wonders of God's majesty. Son of a bitch! How did I miss that? That's <laughs> what we have listeners for, Check man. Check out the brain on Nick G. Yep. Don lost control over Megan when she left. Uh, wait, when, when she left the ad firm, now he's lost control over his company by merging with Ted Shaw. And so he spends most of his time and energy in the episode trying to control Sylvia. Besides being dark, this episode felt cramped and claustrophobic. The camera is always close to the actors, and we never see an exterior shot. Even when Ted and Don are in the same plane, there isn't an establishing shot of the full plane, which is something that you often see. Is anyone else thinking that Joan was potentially pregnant again? Yes, I was, Nick. Yep. I'm glad we were aligned there, because you're a smart dude. Louis R. says, Don revealed and basically confirmed his past behaviors with his power and control over a woman who acted like she'd been kidnapped and could not leave. He then took her, the book, The Only Thing She Had to Do. Well, not only thing. Obviously, she thought things through and finally came to her senses. That was about as scary as Don has ever been over the six years. It only took him an hour or so to come up with a plan. As soon as he heard Rosen was leaving town, and she made the mistake to call him, good parallel. And that Peggy and Sylvia both told him he needs to move forward. And in, in so many words, changed the way things are. Good take. Jason, our friend from the Nattercast, says most commentators seem to think that Don's domination play of Sylvia and her subsequent dumping of him was a blow to his ego, but Sion and I have a different take. I
1: I never even considered that it was a blow to his ego. I think other reviewers are
0: smoking crack. Mm. When Don overhears Sylvia shouting at her husband, he realizes he's involved with someone potentially unstable, someone who might overturn his apple cart. And he also sees in that moment how to make her go away without causing a scene. Sylvia wants to be the center of attention. She wants to be the seductive one, the one with power. She has a sex worker fantasy based on this idea. The sex workers control the encounters and are the subject of desire and attention. Don, having grown up around sex workers, knows that reality, She has a sex worker fantasy?
1: Uh, I don't know.
0: All right. I'm going with it, Jason. All right. Dodd, having grown up with sex workers, knows the reality doesn't quite match fantasy. The reality is the clients have all the power, and the workers providing a service. It's the client's fantasy to get fulfilled, not the sex workers. So he sets out to treat Sylvia the way a real client treats a real sex worker, knowing that it would turn her off and knowing that it would push her shame buttons. He wanted to make her ashamed, the relationship... Of relationships, so she wouldn't throw it in her husband's face or tell Megan the or otherwise mess Don's life up. In much the same way, that he intentionally sabotaged the low end marketing campaign for Jaguar. He sabotaged the relationship with Sylvia. And that's an interesting take because it, there did seem something off about him. But why is he so wrecked at the end? If well, that's what he's
1: doing. Maybe that's what he wanted, but He's not this altruistic guy is going to let her go and be sad
0: that he knows he has to do it and do it anyway. Huh. Uh, Later, when Megan is chattering on and Don starts to space out, on one level, yes, he's drifting away from her and becoming distant, but on another level, he's settling into something comfortable and familiar, something he truly doesn't want to lose. He's seeing the value, perhaps for the first time, of mundane domesticity. He'd rather have the simple day-to-day of Megan than choose some fantasy with Sylvia that he's starting to realize he can never fulfill. Uh yeah, I don't know, man. I don't.
1: Nope. I wholeheartedly disagree with you, Jason. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we
0: uh, usually see pretty eye-to-eye, but I find that he is on autopilot of Megan and not, you know, has no desire to go to Hawaii, has no desire to do anything. He just wants to nod and smile and club himself to sleep.
1: Yep,
0: uh, Josh P. Hey, guys. Wondering, does Don own a house in Ohio? What the fuck? What the hell did what that come from? I don't know. Is that a crack of Don... my new living conditions, Josh? Not cool, man. Not cool. <laughs> I have to say that the episode wasn't better or worse than last week, but it felt more like Mad Men. Joan's mother definitely wins the most naive character of the season award. With her, not everyone has an ulterior motive speech, especially when those someone's <laughs> out of a penis. Or when their name Bob Benson, or when their name's Bob Benson. In fact, they, uh, ulterior motive, oh, oh, what are you doing? I'm having man? a stroke. <laughs> In fact, ulterior motives is the theme of this season. Oh, one last thing: John Slatter should win an Emmy for that firing scene alone. It stole the show. <laughs> now go get my shoes, bitch. Man,
1: <laughs> very dominating. Listener. Yes,
0: get find your own damn shoes, Josh. <laughs> Uh, Alicia C says her main point rather is why do you guys hate Bob Benson so much? It you just <laughs> you, we just do okay. I yeah, don't it's hard get to it. Explain. We it's uh, yeah it's we don't nice. we don't get it either. I don't know if you've gotten this Alicia throughout this cast, but we <laughs> are conflicted about how much we hate Bob. Yep. Jim's theory of him being a double agent cop reminds me of the coffee theory of Breaking Bad. Adorable, but stop taking, t- taking Roger Sterling drugs. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I've been saying for two weeks now. I've let the coffee theory go. Let me have my Benson <laughs> theory. Maybe you guys are unfamiliar with the technique that he's using, which is first documented in early 20s. It's called The Hustle. Very familiar with it. Yeah, I can hustle. Yeah. Can hustle up a storm. Across the dance floor, no problem. It's very disappointing because I thought you guys watched The Wire. It seems... Now, wait a second. I've had two listeners in a row insult me, but I will not have my The Wiresmanship besmirched, damn it. It seems that Bob Benson doesn't have any connections, family or otherwise. that allow him to stay or be promoted in Don and Ted's... Wait. In Don and Ted's firm. So he uses the best ability he has. He brown-noses. Doesn't everyone do it to get ahead in this world? We know Don Draper did, and his ass-kissing doesn't seem to harm anyone, but actually helps. I know, right? That's why he's so suspicious. This may be one of the few moments we will see Joan not viewed as a sexual object or head secretary to her co-workers, which is refreshing. I'd rather see Bob Benson sucking up to everyone than scenes of Don and GLP acting like brats. The look of we can't play anymore on Don's face to Sylvia and GLP bratting it up was intolerable. I find these scenes are redundant because we already know how the characters are bratty Mcbratterson's. All right. Like I said, we're coming We're we're evolving. Our position on Bob is evolving. Megan K. uh, Says the comment I saw most on message boards this week. um, She wants to comment. I don't know. This is a poor edit. Jim, what the hell? I'm only as good as the material I'm working with. Ladies and gentlemen, that's how it started. That's how the email started, sir. Dot, dot, dot is, dot, the dot, dot is the comment. Oh, it's got to be. You forgot her subject week. line then. Yeah. There yeah, you, you go. absolutely correct. <laughs> Megan K is the comment I saw most on Meg's boards <laughs> this week. It's been very interesting to watch the same fans who are enamored with this man once upon a time get on the Don hate bandwagon. Yes, the cheap Fifty Shades of Grey scenes of Sylvia were more than a little gross, but isn't it just a more obvious form of how he's always treated women? Preach. Preach on. Yep. It's true that Don still has tons of apologists, especially in comparison to Pete, who arguably isn't any better or worse. I would argue that point. The rage this week might be just our disgust with ourselves and our continued desire to justify this man to ourselves just because he's handsome and charismatic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We think about why he would do such awful things because surely there must be a reason. He must be tortured. He can't just be cruel and nihilistic and self-serving without a narrative. That justifies all that. Just like his mistresses were tempted to try to figure him out in order to console ourselves, we are disgusted when he f- continually disappoints us because we are disgusted with our inability to find an explanation. It's that. Uh, is that Nietzsche? Nietzsche. Nietzsche. Yeah. Okay, God. Thank you. <laughs> when we stare into Don, Don stares back. <laughs> when we stare into the Don, the Don stares back into us. <laughs> I'll leave you two to wrangle some kind of filthy joke out of that. Oof. If, it, if I was staring into Pete. Then, yeah. When Don fingers the void, the void fingers back. Ugh. Elise K uh, might be double dipping, or I might be trip I might. She might have uh, put something into the Nights Watch too. It seems familiar.
1: Oh no, Eliska! Too much feedback from our listeners.
0: I thought I'd share some insights about the significance of last names in Mad Men. Draper because he covers everything else up. Sterling because he's born with a silver spoon in his mouth crane because he's a baby <laughs> olsen because she's a strong viking what is what does what olsen the have, to do with vikings? have i not is it something in the show vikings i maybe. maybe is there a famous viking named olsen i have no idea francis because he's a saint mm-hmm. price obviously the bean counter <laughs> holloway i think a reference to holly go lightly from breakfast at tiffany's campbell not sure looking for the soup joke Because his head's like a tin can. I don't know. Because when you punch him, he blows up like a tomato can. (laughs) Because
1: he has as much grease in him (laughs) as a can of Campbell's soup. I don't know.
0: Is Campbell's soup greasy? (laughs) You get the right kind, yeah. If you get the... uh, The Pete special. The Pete special? Yeah. Cosgrove, because he's from the woods. (laughs) (laughs) I believe you're supposed to read that Cos, he's from the woods. (laughs) Oh, yes. Cosgrove. Clearly. Clearly, Good one. Uh, Crane because he's a dra- baby is my favorite. <laughs> Although Olson because he's a strong Viking has got to be <laughs> close up there. I love the non sequitur. Mm-hmm. Although I don't know is a common nod. Olson is like a Viking name.
1: Not in this room. It's not Olson. Olsonson. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Anyway, watching uh, Jeff A says watching Robert fire Bert Peterson again was great fun. When Roger asked Bert to have a seat on a sleek white leather and chrome recliner. He's not only a bullying, sadistic move, there's no graceful way to sit on it, but also emblematic of the Latif, uh, the let him off of the show, The Season, Social Revolution, and Conflict Between New and Old. Also hmm. remember, what? Conflict Between New and Old? Yeah. That's in there for sure. Oh, yeah. It's been, that's, that's been a theme for a long time. Eve, yeah. Since the days of Pete busting Don's balls in season one. <laughs> yeah. Also remember when uh, all Roger wore were vested suits. Guess who's wearing one now? Pete. Yuck. That's all the feedback we
1: got, Jim. That's it. All right. Well, you're you're the man in the last half of this cast because now you got an outro to do. I'm
0: the man with the plan. I got an outro. Yeah. Somehow I managed to delete that outro, but I bet I can do it from memory. I would hope. After hundreds of episodes, literally. If you'd like to send us email, you can do so at madman at baldmove.com. You can also follow me on Facebook.com slash baldmove to participate in our live viewing threads of Mad Men and the Night's Watch. And guess what? I like Sylvia have dumped I've kicked Cincinnati Bell to the curb. In two weeks they cannot deliver high def television to my fucking tv and now i've gone to time warner and i have glorious hd and i will be there for the live threads this weekend i'm sorry i've been absent it's not my fault <laughs> uh you can follow jim over here uh at twitter.com at bald move and i think that's it
1: <laughs> emails did you did i you did the emails that? okay well then that's it it's uh it's about time Actually, this wasn't a super long cast. We got through that feedback pretty quick. Uh, Thanks, everybody. for. You're welcome. Thanks to everybody. Not you. Everybody who sent (laughs) in feedback. Unless you got a pseudonym in there, a pin name for feedback.
0: it's good stuff.
1: Yeah, very good stuff. Uh, And hopefully you will join us next time for episode eight. Uh, We're more than halfway through the season now. Are we? That's the halfway point, seven.
0: Yeah, slightly more than halfway. and We just got six left, right?
1: Yeah. It's shocking how fast this has gone by. I'm I'm stunned. Anyway, thanks everybody for joining us and until next time, I'm Jim and I'm Aaron. See you next week.